0: The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea,
1: and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc.
0: It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. banking services provided by Green Dot Bank, member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. We have the newly appointed chair to the Milken Institute Asia, uh, Curtis Chin with us. Curtis is also former U.S. ambassador to the Asian Development Bank. And Curtis, you've just come from the G20 where we are waiting to see uh, diplomats agreeing on this draft statement uh, despite the rifts on Russia. Just how nimble does that show that the G20 needs to be when we've got all these developing concerns happening and, and the war in Ukraine really escalating?
1: Well, you know, one question will be, let's see what that final language is. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think they agreed before these missiles uh, were, were I don't know, shot into uh, Poland or appeared, people are saying in Poland. Um, so, you know, whether uh, they originated on through Russia or there were missiles in Ukraine that kind of fell back, we'll find that out. But uh, when we think about... Our part of the world out here, uh, um, uh, Southeast Asia in particular, you know, no country has really wanted to take a side uh, in U.S.-China, and really, no country has really wanted to say, uh, "Yes, what is bad uh, in Ukraine cannot come out here." So we've seen some countries, Singapore, uh, Cambodia, have spoken up a little bit about it. Uh, but I think countries are having to face, you know, what is no longer the elephant in the room—the Russian elephant—because uh, you know, we're seeing the impact with regards to supply chains, with regards to inflation. So to your question, my hope is that they can be more nimble, but sometimes nimble is about, let's come up with some new rhetoric and not so nimble about really driving change and getting different kinds of results.
0: We've been talking as well about uh, the impact, I guess, that we need to focus here in on Asia too, when you've had, had such big events happening in Asia, the G20, ASEAN, I know you're about to head to APAC as well. When we look at the, the countries here in Asia being more nimble to these geopolitical events, how much more does the world need to pay attention to to Asia?
1: Oh, well, absolutely. You know, I've long argued through many administrations. Yeah, I've been honored to serve in both Republican and Democratic administrations in the United States. And I would say all these administrations, uh, we in the U.S. need to get our act together. And that includes, uh, in essence, a full pivot to Asia. I don't know if you remember way back when under President Obama and then Vice President Biden, they talked about a pivot to Asia, but then it got, the words changed to a rebalance to Asia. But at the end of the day, the United States at all levels... Business, government, civil society need to be much more engaged in this region. And I'd argue, and a key subset of this region, which is Southeast Asia. You know, Southeast Asia, I remember the numbers, you add up the 10 nations of the Association of Southeast Asian Nations. It's something like, I don't know, 700 million people, more than $3 trillion uh, GDP. Um, that's a lot of opportunity for American business, for American entrepreneurs. Um, but we need to focus on this and not seed this region to Mm. our economic competitors.
0: You talked about supply chain shocks uh, just a moment ago, and we're certainly going to see that exacerbated by what we've seen in Europe. I was speaking earlier as well to the Trade Shift CEO, uh, Christian Lang, who was saying that interest rates as well from the Fed are putting an invisible strain on the supply system. When do we we start to see these pressures ease?
1: I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon, so certainly not in the next two quarters in my view. But as we've seen just overnight, how things change so quickly, mm. and so when I think about you know uh, friends, colleagues, business people I see out here, um, inflation is really taking a toll on really everyday people, um, and so you know in, in Thailand where I'm based part of the time, I remember when the price of these instant noodles mm. really went from I don't know, I can't remember was like 15 cents to 18 cents. And there were huge news stories about, well, maybe this family will buy one less or two less a week. And too often, I think, you know, all these movers and shakers at these great Bloomberg events, um, they're at the macro level. But really, let's not forget the real micro impact of these big stories that we're dealing with.
0: And one of the things that is really worrying is it's going to exacerbate the food crisis too. And we're looking at, at potential further famine. Uh, I know you focus very much on sustainability. What more needs to be done?
1: Well, specific the food, you know, people say, well, why is that? It's just not that uh, you know, grain isn't coming from Ukraine. But people don't realize that food, at the end of the day, is based sometimes on fertilizer. Mm -hmm. And fertilizer costs are typically driven also by what we just think are energy costs. You know, how is fertilizer uh, made? So clearly, countries... Hopefully, we'll be able to work together. You know, President Jokowi, who you know, led the presidency of the G20, um, has tried to bring nations together, you know, not as successfully as he might have hoped. He had hoped that President Putin, you know, Biden, and she would all be kind of in the same room. Uh, that didn't happen. But clearly, his notion of that we need to get countries to at least talk, if not yet cooperate, needs to continue to be a key driver. I also think I'm just wearing my Milken Institute hat as we think about innovation areas of finance. We also need to rethink things like food delivery, like where we get our food from. And Mm. my hope is that, you know, we're still in this pandemic, but as we continue to emerge, that it won't be just same old, same old, like it was before. And clearly how we grow our food will be a key part of that.
0: And uh, feeding into the inflationary concerns too, when we talk about food, we talk about rising rents, we talk about the the impacts there. When do you see inflation on a global level peak and how concerned are you about a, a deep downturn in 2023?
1: Well, first, you know, I always uh, listen to Bloomberg to all those smarter people than me because <laughs> you know, whenever I project something, it's like totally wrong. Uh, but very clearly, there's a lot of number of other factors at play, uh, and typically they're domestic factors. So I'd like to say that the United States is going to focus on that same question and think through, you know, when are we going to stop, you know, these series of interest rates. But the reality, it's going to be driven by us domestic concerns and how well our u.s economy does so of course i'd love to say it would be sooner because i want our u.s economy to be better yeah but i think it's still a bit of time coming before that happens
0: all right well let's talk about the u.s and and you obviously know a lot about politics we've had the midterms we've just heard that donald trump is going to run for president in 2024 uh your views on on what we're seeing between the Demo- democrats and the republicans
1: it's always like a new news story every day that mm-hmm. like has everything i said yesterday turned over um, you know, out of these midterms, um, the reality is that uh, former President Trump is a little bit weakened. Yeah. Right. A lot of the candidates, not say a lot, but some of the candidates that he supported clearly did not come through. Uh, the so-called red wave, meaning a s- sweep of Republicans winning, didn't happen. And there's now infighting within the Republican uh, Party. Mm. So he's a little bit weaker. Um what that means for a key decision now by President Biden yes. as to whether or not he will run again is unclear. Mm. But I think it opens up the race a bit more, yeah. that midterm election.
0: Always a pleasure, great to see you in person after a couple of years, Curtis, although I think we caught up about six months ago when borders finally opened, but always great to have you with us, the chair of Milken Institute Asia, Curtis Chin, with us here on the second day of the Bloomberg New Economy Forum in Singapore. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare.
1: Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com TechSF.